0: We celebrate with them. The book of Matthew, chapter number nine, verse number 17. Matthew 9 and 17. I'm standing here and I'm like, I know I'm forgetting something. And I just remembered it was my timer. Matthew 9 and 17, if you found it, say, Praise the Lord. Lord. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles. Else the bottles break and the wine runneth out and the bottles perish. Now, just notice with me, notice with me that there are two things at peril here, two things that are at risk the wine running out and the bottle itself perishing. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was distressed with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. I love what this verse says. The Bible said that she came behind him. A desperate first person will crawl faster than Jesus will walk. You'll crawl to him as fast as you have to if you're desperate enough. She came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself... If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrel's and the people making a noise, he said unto them, Give her, give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. And when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. two very powerful miracles that we've preached about over and over and over again. All of it began with this one little example that the Lord gave. Don't put new wine into an old bottle or the bottle will break and the wine will run out and the bottles perish and the wine lost. I want to preach for few minutes this morning man I, I feel like I have tied into what the Holy Ghost wants us to hear this morning and I hope you'll come back tonight because I feel like I have a word from God for this church tonight I want to preach about reviving old wineskins reviving old wineskins Why don't you lift your hands to heaven? I want to hear your voices as you pray and ask God to have his way here this morning. from the front to the back from the left to the right God I pray let this whole building be an altar Lord let the anointing of the Holy Ghost permeate this atmosphere God let the power of your word soak into this place into our mind into our heart God oh God I pray for the power of your spirit to flow in this place Lord in the name of Jesus and everybody said amen give the Lord a good hand clap of praise This morning, you can be seated. In ancient days, it was not practical to carry a clay or stone vessel. In those days of the Bible, inside of the homes, vessels were generally carved out of stone or made out of the heavy clay. Those Clay vessels were not practical to take on trips. Any bump could cause them to crack and all the contents of the vessel be lost. The sheer weight of the pottery itself made it unreasonable to be able to carry it for a long distance. If you were to carry the heavy pottery, you'd have to leave something else at home because Your beast of burden could only carry so much weight. And so because of the impracticality of carrying clay pottery on a long journey, the ancients found other ways of carrying liquids for their trips, especially in those arid, inhospitable climates. They found that it was most reasonable to carry Liquids in an animal hide, generally it would be a goat skin that they would take the hide and cure the hide and then they would sew it together and seal the seams with beeswax to keep the contents from leaking out. These skins were much more practical for anybody that was going somewhere or on the move. If you're stuck in one spot, if you're stuck in one place, then clay is fine but if you're planning on getting somewhere and going somewhere then an animal skin a wine skin if you will would be more practical so in the process of transporting wine it was it was a very important process because the wine was vital to their jewish faith it was vital to their culture their their Passover, their weekly Seder, was celebrated using wine. And so wine had to be preserved. And if you were going to take your religion on the road with you, and I'm not going to preach about how we act when we're on vacation, but, uh, but, but, uh, but, but it's not necessarily a, a far leap. But if you're going to take your religion with you, then you have to have a way to take your wine for your Seder with you. And so it became necessary to be able to travel with that new wine that the Bible so prophetically speaks about. And so with that being said, they would transport the wine in a wineskin, but it was not just as easy as putting it in a wineskin because when they put the grape juice into the wineskin and the sugars inside of that juice began to ferment. It began to expand and it would give off gases and that gas would make the the wineskin stretch. And so Jesus made it very plain. You don't put new wine into an old wineskin because that old wineskin has been stretched and it's lost its flexibility. It's lost its ability to expand with what's on the inside of it. And so he said... If you put new wine into an old wineskin, as that wine ferments and gives off those gases and it begins to expand, if that wineskin has lost its ability to stretch, then it will burst and all of the contents will run out and be wasted. And all the work that the vine dresser has done to plant the grape and cultivate the soil and and water and and to to wait till the right time to keep the beasts and the the animals from from eating the grapes off of the vine, and then to collect it and to take the grapes and process it into, all that work would be wasted. All that effort would be wasted if the new wine was put into an old wineskin that had lost its ability to stretch, and the contents, all those hours of work wasted, and the contents lost, but... But not only is the content lost, but the wineskin itself is now lost. And both are perished. If new wine is poured into an old bottle, the bottle breaks. And so we under there was an understood rule among the people of this time frame. You put new wine into a new bottle. You don't put new wine into an old bottle. Praise God. In the scripture, the new wine is symbolic of the Holy Ghost. The prophet Joel prophesied that it would be like new wine being poured out. When you read the Bible talking about new wine, it often has a correlation to the outpouring and the infilling of the Holy Ghost in the heart of the Christian and in the life of the church. The time for the grape harvest was a time of celebration in ancient days. It was exciting. It was joyful. It was filled with celebration for soon the new wine would be made. And with that new wine comes the hope of keeping your your relationship and your religion, if you will, alive. Y'all with me this morning? Because you can't do the Seder. You can't have the bread and the wine without wine. And so if that that Seder was a weekly celebration of their relationship with God. And so in their mind, I can't keep my relationship with God alive if I don't get new wine. And so if I don't get the new wine, then my relationship with God becomes old and stale and cold and it loses its vitality and its life. So if I'm going to keep my walk with God alive, I've got to have new wine. And so they celebrated the coming of the new wine, because that meant I get to keep my relationship with God strong. I get to keep myself close to him. Amen. Praise God. In France, they have a festival. And I'm not going to try to say the name of the the, the, the place. I, I don't really know how to, to speak French, but I guess I can give it a shot. I think it's Boujolais Nouveau. And I, I don't know what Boujolais means, but I know that Nouveau means new. And so, uh, according, to, according to the resource from these villages and towns all over the country, these cases of what they call the Vin nouveau, or the new wine, begins their journey. While many in the countryside are asleep, they begin shipping the new wine to the city. And along the route, there are banners that proclaim that the new wine has arrived. There's a celebration because the new wine is being poured out. All along the way, they celebrate because there is an outpouring or an arrival of the new wine. My friends, I don't think that we should ever let worldly people celebrate the arrival of their new wine more than we celebrate the outpouring and the inflowing of the Holy Ghost in his church. Every time I get a chance to be in the presence of God, I ought to celebrate because the new wine is flowing. Every time somebody is baptized with the Holy Ghost, either for the first time or for another time, we ought to just celebrate and praise God. It is a joyful thing for the Spirit of the Lord to be poured out among his people. Amen. It's in my notes And so the Holy Ghost must have moved on me while I was typing my notes to say that I'm not sure that anything bothers God more than a dead apostolic that's had new wine but remains unmoved and unresponsive and unmotivated by his presence. Have I had it so much that I forget how good it is to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh God, can I preach to you for a minute? I had somebody... I had somebody come to me a few weeks ago, and and I, I'm sure I've mentioned this between then and now, but I had somebody come to me a few weeks ago, and this particular person that I'm talking about, as far back as I go back, with Bethlehem Church into the mid-90s when I when I became youth pastor. This person was a part, and they were around, and they were part of a great revival that we had in the middle 90s. And, and I remember them getting filled with the Holy Ghost, and I remember them being delivered. But this individual came to me after having been away from God for some time, and they came to a church service a few weeks ago, and they told me, they said, Brother John, Brother V, they said, They said, I don't know if I can ever get it back. I don't feel it anymore. I don't feel anything anymore. I'm afraid that I've gone too far. I'm afraid that I've let it go too long, and I don't know if I can ever get it back. Oh, God, what a desperate, terrible position to be in, to lay my head down at night and wonder, God, have I gone so far that your mercy won't touch me one more time? Let me tell you how you get to that place. You get to that place when you let services go by when God is moving and you don't tap in and the next time it gets easier to not tap in and the next time it gets easier to get distant and you grow cold that's how a wine skin dries out Amen I had I had one of our I had somebody else that had been away for a while and they came back to the church and when I asked them I asked them, I said, why it took you so long to come back. And they they said it just I, I just got in the habit of not coming. My friends, you gotta be careful what habits you build into your life. I wanna build a habit of worship. Amen. Nowhere in the Bible does it say I have to feel anything to worship. Because God's value is not rated by my feelings. My emotional condition doesn't change the value. Hallelujah. Amen. I had, I had a preacher. I had a preacher from another state, not from Mississippi. I had a preacher from another state that pastors in a college town he said, I, I know what kind of Sunday morning service we're going to have when I wake up in the morning and read the newspaper and find out if the local team won or the local team lost. He said, if, we, if they lost, I might as well plan on the service being down. And if they won, I might as well just get ready. They're going to feel like shouting how ridiculous it is for us to think that God's value is somehow related to something outside. I'm going to tell you. You may be tired, you may be sick, you may be weary, you may be disinterested, you may be concerned with something else, but none of that changes the fact that he's worthy of your praise right now. If you let your wine skin dry out, it'll do it. You see, the problem with the wine skin is that not only does it stretch based on the contents on the inside but its ability to stretch is often also related to what happens around it in the part of the earth that we're talking about in that in that area of the world it has some dry and barren land I remember when we were in Israel a couple of years ago and we would drive once you got a little bit out from Jerusalem as we were going towards Masada and Qumran and the Dead Sea—it is just—it's nothing but dry, barren hills, just just stretching for miles and miles and miles, and and you almost wonder. We stopped. We stopped, and Sister June rode a camel, which I wish I had a video with audio. But we were while while, while she was riding the camel, I was looking out. Across that, that, that valley out there, and, I, and there was a, a goat herder with some goats or sheep, and, I, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, I don't see how he's keeping these things alive. I mean, I didn't see any grass, really. I didn't see any vegetation. I didn't see, I don't know how he kept them alive, but somehow or another, he did. That environment was not conducive. To a wineskin staying staying pliable, that the environment around the, 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 the area around that arid environment would pull the moisture out of that wineskin and make it difficult to keep it where it would stay pliable so you could keep filling it back up over and over. The wineskins were often found close to the fires at night when they would gather to to eat and to fellowship. And the heat and the smoke of the fire would pull the moisture out of the leather, and it would it would begin to dry it out. Added to that, between that and the desert environment, we have a an a environment that makes that that begins to pull the moisture and the oils out of the leather. And during travel on the di- dry, dusty pathways, the dust would get on that that, that wineskin, and that dust would begin to soak up the moisture from it. And when you put all of that into perspective, what you have is an environment that just simply existing. You don't have to do anything negative to hurt the wineskin, but just living in that environment made it difficult for the wineskin to stay where it needed to be. Amen. It wasn't wasn't necessarily that the owner of the wineskin did something to damage the wineskin, but if you're living in a dry, arid environment, In a dry, dusty place around hot, smoky fires, if you live in that kind of an environment, it's just naturally going to dry out the wine skin. The, the, The shepherd doesn't have to do anything wrong. The person doesn't have to do anything wrong. It's just a matter of living in the environment that it's in. My brothers and sisters, you don't have to get up tomorrow morning and do some terrible sin for your wineskin to dry out. It's just getting up and going to work and living in this environment will dry out your soul. Amen. It's just living in this world. We don't live in a world that makes it easy to be a Christian. We live in a world that makes it hard to stay full of the Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. Just Lot's righteous soul. Everybody say he had a righteous soul. Lot's righteous soul was vexed from day to day, not by doing and committing, but by seeing and hearing. If you just keep your eyes open in this world, you'll see enough sin tomorrow to make it hard for your mind to stay pure and holy. I'm preaching to you right now. You can stare at me all you want to, but I got your number today. The Holy Ghost has spoken to me. Amen. Just living in this world makes it hard for your wineskin to stay in a position where he'll pour the Holy Ghost into it. Can I take it a step further? And if I do, will you still love me when I'm over, when I'm done? I know you'll love me when I'm done, but will you love me while I'm still going? That's really what I want to know. Can I just tell you right now that the reason some people haven't had a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost in so long is because you've let your spirit get so dry that God knows he can't pour the new wine into such a dry wineskin. He can tell by the way you pray in the prayer room if you go. And how you worship in the worship service when you come. And how you pray in the altar. And God observes a dry wineskin and knows if I really pour into them what I want to give them right now, it'll break them wide open. And not only will I lose the new wine, but I lose them. And that's why people get stagnant in the spirit. Oh God, what I'm talking about today is something that everybody in this house, I'm not preaching just to a handful. I'm not preaching just to three or four or five. I'm preaching to every single person in this place. You need to keep your spirit right with God so he can pour the Holy Ghost into you. Oh God, I wish somebody would lift their hands right now. Hallelujah. Oh God, help me not, Lord, not to have an old wine skin. We get up, go to work and work around, center people, get off from work, go to the grocery. See all kinds of sin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're bombarded by media that glorifies everything that's against God and God's nature. You walk through a store and it's playing some ungodly song about sex or some kind of partying or something. You don't mean for it to get in your spirit, but you find yourself driving home and humming the tune. You know I'm telling you what's right. You quit smoking five years ago, but you walk through a store or a restaurant or somewhere and you smell it. Next thing you know, you're getting in your truck and you're reaching for where your cigarettes hadn't been for five years, just out of old habits. You know I'm preaching right now. Not by doing, but seeing and hearing. By rubbing up against the world all the time. Amen. Amen but we're not going to build a monastery up in the mountains somewhere and get out of this, get out of society. We're not building Jonestown somewhere and trying to get away. God said we're in the world, but we're not of the world. What we got to learn is how to be in it, but not let our wineskin dry out. How can I live in this world and not let my walk with God become dry and carnal? How can I keep my worship where it needs to be and my prayer where it needs to be and my lifestyle where it needs to be and still live? I'm going to tell you because we got to keep our wineskins right. Amen. I want you to put your hand on your chest and I want you to say, I am a wineskin. That sounded good. Say it again I am a wineskin. I am the vessel that God chooses to pour his spirit into. I am the vessel that God pours. God doesn't pour his spirit into a church building. That sheetrock can't hold the Holy Ghost. This wood can't hold the Holy Ghost. This carpet can't hold the Holy Ghost. If he's gonna pour his spirit into the church, it's gonna be in you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. It's gonna be in us. I am a wineskin. If God's gonna send revival into the church, He's gonna have to send it through me and you. I'm a wineskin. I wish somebody'd say it, I am a wineskin. But Jesus said, Jesus said, everybody say, Jesus said, said. You, You don't pour, you don't pour new wine. Verse 17, Matthew 9, neither do men put new wine into old bottles else the bottles break so let me let me let me say this as nicely as i can that if it's been a long time since you've really 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 had a good dose of the holy ghost you may want to ask yourself have i lost my ability to be stretched by the spirit Is God holding back my fresh outpouring because my spirit's not ready to receive it? Come on. Because if he gives it to me today, I may waste it on the world tomorrow. I'm gonna do like Brother Covey. I'm gonna take my glasses off where I can't see folks. Amen. Amen. I got a blurry church right now.
1: Come on, preach.
0: What if God? What if God? has a great outpouring of the holy ghost for you and your family today. But when he looks at our wineskin, he says if I pour it on them, they're going to give it to the world tomorrow. It'll 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 just it'll be it'll break out through the way they talk and the way they act and the songs they sing. And the jokes they tell, well, hallelujah. See, that's what happens when you go too many services with an evangelist. The pastor stores stuff up. But what if, what if God said, you know what, I got a great blessing and revival for that family right there. But they'll they'll give it to worldly music. And they'll give it to dirty jokes and they'll spill it out on, 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 on the internet and all kinds of ungodly stuff. And they'll spill it out with what they wear and what they say and where they go and who they associate with. To the point that if I, if I give it to them, it'll just be wasted. I might as well just, I might as well just throw it out on the parking lot as I would give it to them. Well, glory to God. Watching now I don't want God to hold my blessing back because I've lost my ability to receive it I don't want him to take my revival and say you're not going to have it today because you'll just waste it on the world God help me I'm a wineskin come on say it I'm a wineskin come on I want you to say it out loud I am a wineskin And God said, I won't pour my new wine into an old vessel because I don't want to break the vessel and I don't want to waste the wine. There's some people that you would get a breakthrough today if you wouldn't waste it on the world. Mm, Hallelujah. Man, I feel like talking in tongues for a second right now. Oh, God, I'm a wineskin. Help me, oh, God, to prepare myself for the revival you want to give me. God, help me to prepare myself. I got, look, it's not necessarily something you do wrong. you understand what I'm talking about? It's not necessarily something that you do wrong. It's just living in this world tough, that takes the moisture out of your soul. the Lord must want me to re-preach it because I looked down and I was all the way back at page one. So there was a process, there was a process to keep a wineskin useful longer. It would extend the life of an old wineskin so they could continue to use it. So do I just get to a point where God just throws me out and I'm no good anymore? And I've just out used, outlasted out my usefulness, and I'm nothing but garbage now. And God, just throw me out. No, there's a process to reviving an old wineskin. skin. When they had an old wineskin skin that was drying out, and 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 you could tell it was starting to get. A few little cracks in it, and it. You could tell it was. It wasn't as soft as it used to be. It, you, when, when it was when it was a new wine skin, it was you could you could you could take it in your hand and you could move it, and it was soft. You know how it is with with, with leather. You know when when you not not that leather, but with like leather belts and shoes and stuff. <laughs> I remember when when uh, brother Brad. I remember when I was a kid, and I one of the best days of of life back when I was a kid was the day I got a new ball glove. You know, you grow up and you and your hand gets too big for the old ball glove, so they give you another. And they give you, they, they buy that ball glove at the store, and it's that stiff leather. And you know, they throw the ball, and it just sort of bounces out before you can squeeze it. And so, what we would do is we would take that old ball glove, and and we would stick a baseball in it. And we would we would wrap it up and tie it, we'd put put oil in it, and and I don't know why we did this. That's just what we thought we were supposed to do. We put it under the mattress and sleep on it all night long for days rolling over a, Then you, you, anybody else do that or was that just me? That, there's a few of us that the rest of you were no good so you never, you never had to worry about it when you're the last pick you don't have to worry about that amen I'm all, I'm, I had too much coffee this morning didn't I? So you, get that old, you get that old ball glove out and you, you move it around you move it around and, and then and then and, and eventually that ball glove begins to feel like just part of your hand, right? You played college baseball. Am I am I am I preaching anything true? It's not the Bible, but it's still true, isn't it? And, and so that you, you get that ball glove to where it, it feels like it's part of your hand, and and you because you you've got that leather, and and you know if if you when you, if you if you were just a seasonal baseball player and you only played in the spring, and then when it was over you moved on to, to some other you some other sport, maybe you moved on to football or basketball, and then and then baseball starts back. You get that old glove out. What's it, what's what's it like now? It's stiff again, isn't it? And you put it on, it just doesn't feel right. So what do you do? Oil it up, put a baseball in it, tie it up, and sleep on it again. Roll over all night long on a baseball glove. But, at, at, but if you work it, it feels right again. I'm ready for baseball season. February the 16th. I got, I got the date. I know when it starts. The first step to reviving an old wineskin it said, and I quoted it, don't wait too long. Well, that's not revelation. That, that, I mean, that, I didn't even see an angel when I read that. It can't be good Pentecostal stuff if you don't see an angel, can it? I mean, it has to be revelatory. That's revelatory right there, isn't it? Don't wait too long. If I was in church right now, and I am, but if I was in church right now and I felt like I couldn't get anything from God, the last thing I would do is get in my mind, well, I'll try it again tonight or next week. The last thing I would do is maybe, maybe in youth revival, I'll get a good dose of it. The last thing if I was a young person and I was right now I was struggling to feel what I needed to feel and to get what I needed from God and I felt like my soul is getting cold and distant from God the last thing I'd do is wait for Friday night to have some evangelists come in and I would not wait too long if I was a mom or dad in this place and I found myself struggling to keep my mind focused on God and keep my heart where it needs to be, the last thing I'd do is wait till tonight and if they'll sing my song, I'll shout and if they'll sing what I like, no no, no, I would not put it off. The last thing if I the last thing I would do right now is wait for one more paragraph to be preached, I'd throw my hands up and I'd say, God, I need you to help me not to dry out. The worst thing you can do. The worst thing you can do with anything spiritual is put it off. I'll just, I'll get right later. I'll get close later. I'll repent. No, no, no. Right now is the moment that you ought to say, God, I need you. The first step. The first step. I'm begging somebody, I'm begging somebody who feels like their walk with God is drying out a little bit. I'm begging you not to wait, not even till the end of this sermon, but throw your hands up and say, God, I need a personal revival right now. God, I don't want to wait too long. I got to act before I get too dry. I got to do something before I go too far. I got to do something before it gets too hard to come back. There's no way I'm finishing this message. Don't wait too long, don't wait too long, don't wait too long. I wouldn't put it off, not one more altar call, I wouldn't put it off. I wouldn't put it off, not one other service. I don't don't want my revival to not, I don't want him to not give me what I need today because he knows I'm too dry to receive it. Don't wait too long. The second step is you got to get a good supply of high-quality oil. Don't go cheap oil. Don't look when you're trying to save a wineskin. You don't buy cheap oil. When you're trying to save a wineskin, don't go to the dollar store and get dollar store oil. You go buy the best oil you can buy. Because I am a wineskin. If I'm trying to save a a, a 10-cent screw or bolt... I can use cheap oil for that. If I'm trying to save some, some little cheap something that doesn't really matter, I, I'm a, I can use some cheap oil on that. But I am a wineskin and I can't afford to try to go cheap when it comes to preserving my soul. Look, I realize you got to roast in the oven, but you're going to be worse off if you end up in eternity's oven. You got to get right, folks. You got to get serious about keeping your soul where it needs to be. I got to get a, I don't want just a little oil. And I don't want cheap oil. I need the best I can get. And I'm going to tell you, the best you can get is in this altar right now. It's blowing yourself, throwing yourself down before God and say, God, anoint me one more time. Anoint my heart. Anoint my mind. Anoint my, look, can I just tell you how it is? Some of you have accepted dryness. Some of you have just accepted. Well, I'm just gonna sit here and I'm just gonna I mean, he'll get over it. We'll he'll he'll give it another, and I'm just gonna sit here and let it go. You can accept it all you want to to the damnation of your soul and your family, or you can stir yourself up and say, I'm gonna get all the oil I can right now. I refuse to accept spiritual dryness, I refuse to accept prayerlessness, I refuse to accept a lack of worship. I will not accept my wineskin drying out. I am a wineskin. I'm trying to shake somebody. I'm trying to shake somebody out of the devil kidding you to accept where you are. There's a revival for you. There's a revival for your family. There's a revival for you, but you can't accept dryness. The third step is you got to pour a whole lot of oil. You got to keep pouring it on. You got to keep anointing anointing it every day. Every time you wake up, you got to anoint it. Every time before you go to bed, you rub that oil. If you're trying to keep the wine skin alive, it doesn't matter how many times you got to pray. You just got to pray. How many times do I got to go to the altar before I get my breakthrough? As many as it takes. How many prayers do I have to pray before I get my revival? If it's 10,000, it's worth it. If it's 10 million, it's worth it. I am a wineskin. As much as, how much oil do I got to put on it? How much oil do I got to put on my wineskin? I got to put as much as it takes to keep me where I need to be with God. Brother Ray, I was talking to somebody in the office the other day about Sister Bonnie. And I told her I was talking about her so it doesn't count bad. I told this person, I said, your background in life, the stuff you've had to struggle with, the stuff, the environment you've had to live in, the family life you've had to grow up in, and the things that you have to go home to every service, makes it where you cannot afford to take a single worship service, prayer meeting, or sermon off. And I said, now, Sister Bonnie, if if she has an off service, she'll probably be fine. I said, but you can't afford to. Because your background and your environment and where you've come from and what you got to go home to You can't afford to let a single service go by without getting a touch from God. So how much oil does it take? It takes as much as it takes. It takes as much to keep you off, whatever it takes to keep you off porn websites, that's how much it takes. However much it takes to keep you from lying and cheating and stealing, that's how much it takes. As much as it takes to keep you off of alcohol and meth and cigarettes and vaping, that's how much it takes. As much as it takes to keep you from lying, that's how much it takes. As much as it ke- takes to keep you faithful to your spouse, that's how much it takes. And I, I don't know how much, however it takes for you. That's what you got to do. If you got to stay here all afternoon and pray all by yourself, I wouldn't darken those doors until I got what I needed. Oh, come on, let's pray all over this place. Oh, God, come on, This I've asked it from the beginning of this sermon, God, let this entire church be an altar. How many prayers do I have to pray, Pastor, before my mind stays pure? All of them, however many. It doesn't matter how many. Just keep praying until you get it. God, how many... Pastor, how many times do I have to pray before I get a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost? However much it takes. You just got to keep pouring it on. Keep pouring it on. Because while you're pouring it on, the environment's trying to soak it out. You got to pray as much as it takes to keep your sex drive under control. That's how much you got to pray. How much the Holy Ghost do you need? You need as much as it takes to keep you dressing right and talking right and living right. That's how much it takes. How, much does, how, how, many, how many times do I have to pray through a day, Pastor? As much as it takes to keep you where you need to be with God. I'm a wineskin and the world's trying to dry me out. Pastor, how many times do we gotta pray before our marriage is better? As long as it takes. Pastor, how many times I gotta pray for my children to deliver? Right? However much it takes, you just gotta beat the buzzards away as long as it takes. I'm a wineskin. Come on, why don't you put your hand on your chest and say, I'm a wineskin. God help me, Lord. Everybody in this place ought to be praying, God, help me to be what I need to be. I am a wineskin. I got a place. I got to put the oil on my spirit. Come on, as your eyes are closed all over this place. Try to help you pray right now. Maybe you don't know how to pray. Maybe, maybe you don't really know how to approach it. So, so with every eye closed all over this place, if you don't know what to pray yourself, then pray what I'm praying. God, I need you. God, you know this world is hard to live in. You know my environment's not designed for my heart to stay right. God, you know my environment's not designed for my spirit to stay full of the Holy Ghost. God, my heart, I get dry. My spirit gets cracked and dry. And so God, I'm asking for your anointing to flow. Look, you can get in the flow with what the spirit's doing right now. It's like a... It's like a, a, a trickle of water coming by some of you, but if you'll step into it, it'll turn into a river. There's some of you who want to pray right now, but you're concerned about what somebody close to you thinks. What's my spouse gonna think? What are my friends gonna I wouldn't care what anybody else thinks. I'm a wineskin and I gotta I gotta be right. I gotta be right. I got I gotta lead my family. I gotta lead my children i got to be full of the Holy Ghost. So, God, I need you to forgive me for whatever sins in my life that's helped me dry out. Come on, pray with me, God. Whatever it is I've done that's contributed to the dryness of my soul, the things I've done, the things I've said, the places I've gone, the way I've lived, Forgive me, God, for not praying regularly like I ought to to keep my spirit focused. Forgive me, God, if I've not worshipped like I needed to to stay plugged into what Your Spirit's trying to do. God, whatever I might have done that's that's contributed to the dryness of my spirit, then God, I'm taking responsibility and I'm repenting for it right now. Come on, there ought to be repentance happening. God, I'm sorry. God, I repent, Lord, for anything I've done personally to contribute to the dryness of my wineskin. That I've not maintained it like I ought to. That i put stuff into it that didn't belong in a wineskin. God, I, I repent. I ask you to forgive me. And God, there's things on the outside that's not my doing. It's just living in this world that's contributed to my spirit struggling. And God, that stuff I can't necessarily control. I got to go to work. I got to go. I got I to gotta operate in this world. So God, there's some of that that I'm just going to have to deal with. And I need you to help me, Lord. Let me tell you what God's getting ready to do. He's getting ready to pour His Spirit out. He's ready to pour His Holy Ghost out in this place. There's going to be some folks going to talk in tongues in just a few seconds that hadn't talked in tongues for a while. And some that have, it's getting ready to flow out of you like it hadn't flowed in a long time. Are you ready? When you feel the Holy Ghost, I want you to open your mouth and begin to let the Holy Ghost pray through you. I want you to lift your voice and not care what anybody says. And I want you just to speak out in the Holy Ghost and let the power of the Spirit of God let the oil of the Holy Ghost flow in this place, God. Lord, I pray, place your anointing over Bethlehem today. Place your anointing over these good men and women and young people and children that need a fresh touch of the oil from heaven. God, I'm a skin and I need a fresh anointing. Come on, open your mouth and Speak it there ought to be a shout of worship coming up out of this place right now. Some of you just need to let yourself talk in tongues again. Some of you just need to get in the flow of the Spirit and open your mouth and speak it out loud and let it flow out of you. That's right. Lift your hands all over this place. And begin to pray. Begin to pray out loud. Begin to pray. Make it where you can hear your own voice. To reach over and pray for somebody close to you. Why don't you pray one for another? And why don't you not accept dryness this morning?
1: Right now, Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Right now is the moment. Right now is the time. Why don't you lift your hands all over the, the room one more time right now. And you need to receive what you've come here for. You need to receive. You don't need to wait till next week. You don't need to wait till tonight. If you don't feel the presence of God right now, I ask you to be seeking God until you can feel Him again. God wants to fill you with His presence. God wants to fill you with the renewing, refreshing Spirit of the Lord today, right now, lift your hands and receive what God has for you. And tell Him, God, to have your way in me, have your way in me, whatever it takes. God, whatever you got to take out of me, remove it. Everything has not been right, remove it. And oil me up, God, oil me up, God. Cover me in the anointing oil of the Holy Ghost. Right now, right now, right now. Come on, sing it one more. This together for the anointing is a healing balm the anointing will heal every broken place right now lift your hands if you need some spiritual emotional mental or physical healing let the anointing flow right now in the name of the Lord Jesus let it flow right now Jesus let the anointing flow right now Let that anointing balm of heaven flow right now and heal up every broken place, every wounded place, every open wound. Let the anointing fill it right now. In the name of Jesus, I loose that anointing in this place right now. In In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray one more time before we're dismissed today. Lord God, we thank you for the word that you've spoken to us. God, I pray right now that... If there's any one of us, if, if it's me, if it's anybody in this room that's still dry, that still needs a dose of the Holy Ghost, that still needs the anointing to oil us up, I pray right now that that anointing would flow in our lives. I pray right now that it would touch every broken place, every dried out place, every cracked place right now in Jesus name let the anointing flow so that you can put new wine in us oh God so that you can do through us what you want to do through us I'm your vessel Jesus we are your vessels right now God we surrender to you to do whatever you want to do in our lives God remove everything in us that's not right remove everything in us that is displeasing to you right now and let the anointing flow in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ why don't you clap your hands into the Lord one more time Give the Lord one more shout of praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Remember, service tonight at 6.30, prayer at 6 o'clock. You don't want to miss pre-service prayer back in the prayer room. We're going to have a Holy Ghost fire time and also be free at 5 o'clock. Don't forget that you can be dismissed in Jesus' name.